Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey guys, this week I have on Natalie, who is um, my friend through the internet, and we are going to talk about Caitlin and Tyler's 16 and Pregnant episode. Natalie is a birth mother, and I asked her to come on to kind of give her perspective uh, on adoption and Caitlin and Tyler. We have an amazing and interesting discussion, and she just has so much to share. I was really fortunate to have her on, and just a reminder, this episode was recorded a few weeks ago, so we do not really talk about this current season of OG. Next week, I will be back to you with live OG recaps. Hope you enjoy. I just want to say my initial, like, hottest take is that I actually kind of feel bad for April when I watch this. <laughs> I felt bad for April, but also I like really, I don't know, because I felt really bad for Tyler. Yeah, I felt bad for everybody. It was really sad. Yeah. But so we have Natalie on and Natalie, if you just want to kind of give a little bit of background and why I asked you specifically to come on to um. this episode. Okay, uh, yeah, I would. So in a discussion once on online i someone spoke about bethany and like christian services which is the service that kaylin and tyler gave up their baby to like through their adoption service pardon mm-hmm. me and um i was speaking on it because i also am a birth mother and i just have a lot of hot takes on bethany christian services me too. and like their whole thing and i think that their relationship with um the adoptive parents is like affects them a lot and like um you know i don't i don't know how to say it i just feel like i relate to them on a lot of levels but i think i don't want to sit here and compare apples and oranges but i just think that they are taken advantage of and i don't know so yeah that was like a while ago <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna do a, a yeah. 16 and pregnant caitlin and tyler recap and you have to come on because i've yeah. never given i've never had a baby and i've especially never given a baby up for adoption So I think it's one of these things where it's really easy for me. I mean, obviously, it's really easy for me to sit back and judge, but I want to get other perspectives that have been through it. Yeah. Well, and also, it's like, as I watched, because I remember, like, I, like, kind of thought about them some when I was going through the whole process, but watching it now and, like, going back and watching old episodes, you notice, or I notice at least, it's like, I can see them, like, going through the same trauma I went through differently because it's like more than anything it's a grieving process Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't want to sit here and say like oh I'm passing judgment on them or like I think they did it poorly but it's like I like see that and it's like I know exactly how they're feeling but I never would have done that yeah if that makes any sense yeah so I think like right off the bat my initial feeling is it's not only crazy to go on 16 and pregnant because I think we all agree it's like insane to go on 16 and pregnant in the first place but it's like yeah. extra insane to do it when you're planning on giving your baby up for adoption yeah and also I well and also it's like I feel like uh, I forgot their names because I'm like a stupid idiot or I was gonna say dumb fuck so I'm sorry if we can't swear but uh, <laughs> of course we can I, swear I oh one sec my neighbors okay um I Brayden and Teresa. Mm-hmm. I think it was weird that they accepted it, kind of, because didn't they originally want it kind of closed off? Yeah, they did, but I have to wonder, like, how desperate they were, you know? And... That's what I wondered, too, because a lot of parents, it's like, when people adopt babies, they know what their interests are. But I could see how, like, people, once you get, like, that close, like, as an adoptive parent, when they get that close, it's like, you're willing to do so much more if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, like Dawn from Bethany Christian Services calls you up and says great news for the first time ever. You've been matched. You've already given us $10,000. You've been trying yeah. to have a baby for 10 years and spent God knows how much on IVF and how many doctors you've went through. Now you're in the stage. You're a perfect match, but there's a catch. To agree to this, you have to agree to go on MTV. Yeah, that's insane and I just feel like 
I don't know. I understand because they, I understand why they'd be so driven, but I really don't think, I think that like them deciding to do that or like making like that sacrifice of their own like idealistic situation mm-hmm. really puts a lot of stress on the relationship between them and Kaylin and Tyler. Totally. But also I wonder like if producers called them and like pitch this is like this beautiful way to educate the world on adoption. Like your story is going to inspire like all. Well, and remember, this is like through a Christian adoption agency. So yeah. I wonder if they're thinking like, oh, well, all these young girls will like be able to see adoption is so beautiful. Maybe they won't get abortions. We're part of a bigger message, you know, like I'm sure that I'm sure that someone sold it to them. But I don't think it would have been, like, a hard sell, yeah, if that I, makes sense. I think also they were so just, I, they were probably desperate. Like, I think it's hard yeah. for us to completely understand when you, I mean, because Teresa looks like she's in her mid-30s to late-30s at this mm-hmm. point. They probably got married pretty young. They've probably been trying to have kids for 10 to 15 years. Well, also, even in just the adoption process, there's a chance that, like, they had gotten through, like, the first yeah. before and then for whatever reason gotten shut down so now it was like almost like I don't want to say like baby in hand but it's like they were so close totally. so it's like I could see them like laying awake at night and being like well what if we turn this down and we have to wait and we never get another it never baby. happen yeah totally and I, yeah. I talk about that later in the episode but let's get into the episode so first of all Caitlin and Tyler look so fucking young yeah oh yeah so young they look 12 like they look they 12 i know and they just they look literally 12 it's amazing to me and not like like, i watched Mackenzie's last week and i watched Ferris the week before and like neither of them looked quite as young as caitlin and tyler caitlin and tyler looked really really young and i like all the exact same thing and especially Tyler he's just so like tiny yeah his neck know? was so long <laughs> well it's like and also it's like you can tell because like when you look at him now and his like weird facial hair it's like that is such like the tiny white guy thing to do yeah. is like grow like a weird goatee yeah you know what I mean totally like, I'm an adult now so Caitlin and Tyler have been together since they were in seventh grade and now they're going into or they're in their junior years which is like a long time to be together. Um, and Caitlin kind of gives us a little background that she's lived in 13 different houses since she was born. And she uses the word unpredictable to describe her mom. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's that that's just, like, already so much trauma. And it's, like, outside trauma, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, yeah. Like, being pregnant is, like, a trauma. And I don't want to be like it. But it's, like, a consequence of your own actions. But you're born into the family you're born into definitely and then we meet butch april's husband but we learn surprise twist that he's actually uh also tyler's father although they say tyler and or butch and april are the weird ones because tyler and caitlin met first yeah but it's i don't know i feel like also it's like even if i were in Tyler and Caitlin's shoes and I really think about it I feel like if I were dating someone and I was in like junior high and then my mom married their dad I would probably be like we can't do this anymore I don't know yeah I think it might have though like held them together even more because it's like what we're gonna break up and still be step siblings well and also I'm sure like yeah there's that and then also it's like it probably just like created a lot clearer picture because they probably came together because they both lived like kind of like had these volatile parents you know mm-hmm. totally they trauma like, bonded i've been saying this like yeah they're very they Just had like, similar upbringings i mean tyler was a little more fortunate because i think the deal with kim his mom is that who's not in this episode that much but she's pretty prominent you know throughout teen mom and i think kim and butch like partied a lot together Mm-hmm. And then uh, what happened was she got pregnant with Tyler's sister. She co- kicked Butch out. And then this is so crazy. Butch's brother died. And at the, the night of the funeral, they like got drunk and had like grief sex because they were like so upset. And that's how Tyler was conceived. So I think Kim has like had her shit together, you know, like pretty much Tyler's yeah. life. So I think he is a little luckier that I think it's different when it's your dad versus I your think- mom. Yeah, and especially being a young boy, but like also Kim like has kept it pretty real yeah, for the I duration of the series. To be I honest. love Kim. 
Kim's the only one. But, Kim's the only person like on MTV that's like MTV isn't shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and also though, in regards to like them trauma bonding so it's like when they met and they started dating before april and butch it was probably a thing where it's like oh well you understand me because we both like led these lives and have these like very like up and down parents but then if imagine being like in high school or in junior high and you're dating someone and then all of a sudden your parents get married and it's like oh well now we actually get a like go through it together and you don't think of it as like how dark it is that you like that's so feel like true. oh someone's on my side you know that's, and that's so that's true. a romantic idea because it's like you seek me personally I know I've thought that shit out like into adulthood and I'm just getting over it yeah but yeah, it no, would be like, so easy to romanticize that as like when you're like 15 I think that's like I didn't really think about it like that but that's like such a good point because they've already bonded like you said like on these shitty childhoods yeah. now it's like oh, we're in this together. Like, yeah, like, we're, like, truly a team now. It's like, we had these shitty childhoods, but now we just have this shitty shared life, like. Yeah, and I'm surprised know. they don't mention, like, at this point, Caitlin has two other siblings. Like, she has a sister and a little brother. I'm surprised they're not mentioned at all. And also what they don't mention is that Tyler's sister was also a teen parent, which is the way they found Bethany Christian Services, because she had gone to them, but then changed her mind and decided to keep the baby. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how they found that's Bethany wild. Christian Services. So I feel like maybe in 16 and Pregnant also, maybe they didn't highlight, like, Caitlin's younger siblings because I feel like she has a very maternal role, if that makes sense, in their mm-hmm. lives, or it always seems like she does. So it's, like, especially for, like, as early on, like, the series it was for 16 and Pregnant, it would make her, like, people might watch and be like, well, I mean, that's so she true. raised your siblings, like... That's so true, because by the time Teen Mom comes around, like, we're literally watching her raise the little brother, and I think I just read yeah. today that she paid for her sister, her sister's college tuition, The they both the siblings have lived with them on and off, like, for as long as Teen Mom's been on air, so that's really true, yeah. like, they wanted to make Kate seem a lot more isolated than she was, probably. Yeah, yeah and make it seem like, oh, well, she wouldn't know, or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I wrote down that it looks cold because they're like in Michigan, an hour away from Canada, and we see some of their friends. And Ashley, who I think is still Tyler's friend, does the classic like, "How did you get her pregnant?" And Tyler's like, yeah. "I wore a condom, but it went through the washing machine," which is you know, and, um, like okay. And so right away they know. kind of start talking about the adoption and. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just like from right away like my heart just felt so sad for them because you can tell like they they do have a concept of like what they're getting themselves into but at the same time like how could they yeah like you really don't and I also feel like I don't know maybe for them I imagine that this is like my made up theory in my head I feel like they probably well I see it because they didn't want to be they didn't want to raise a child in, like, the style that they were raised or, like, screw it up. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like even though April and Butch didn't agree with them, I think there are a lot more, like, outside forces, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's, like, I don't know about their childhood, but, like, if Butch was your dad or April was your mom, I imagine you'd grow up with a burden of, like, being embarrassed or, like, let down by your parents and, like, having the community, like, no, you know? Yeah, they're wh- they're white trash. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you don't want to be like, oh, like, that dude that knocked up his stepsister and they kept the baby and they live next door. And I just, when I watch it, I always feel like you can tell that that stresses them out. Yeah, that's a good point. I I wasn't really thinking about that. But Tyler, for sure. I don't know if that bothers Caitlin so much. But like, I think Caitlin would have gotten over it. But Tyler, like, has always wanted to, like, rise above (laughs) Tyler, like, Molly and I talked about in Farrah's episode how Farrah was, like, always born to, like, move to L.A. Like, that's Tyler. Tyler was, like, not meant to be stuck in his small town. Yeah, he wasn't. And he, like, didn't want that. Yeah. It's, yeah. He wanted, I don't know, and you can just see it. But they, it's really sad because they say, like, it's going to be so hard because we'll walk in feeling it move and then walk out with nothing which is just like yeah so sad and I wish they had I don't know like they had no one I feel like that they could like process it with but each other and it wasn't enough 
yeah it's it's like a bummer and it's like i don't know having each other it's like it just isn't enough i don't know so this is where we find out kate's like not into or april's not into the adoption yeah and okay so i said i felt bad for april which i know is like a very hot take because like the mom should be supportive but here's my thinking Mm -hmm. april had caitlin as a teen um, yeah. So we already know it's normalized. April is a battered woman, a drug addict, has moved 13 times in the last 15 years, has gone through periods of not having custody of her kids. I wonder if she saw this baby as like... As like an opportunity to like do it better. To do it better. That's exactly... Like I think when she came home and they later in uh, Teen Mom, I think in the first or second season, uh, April says like, you came home and you told me that you were pregnant and you were going to name her after me. And then you said like, you're going to give her up. And I would imagine like when Caitlin came home pregnant saying, I'm going to keep it like April's hopes for like this future were like cemented on this baby. And then Kate kind of ripped that away from her. And I understand that's like not what really happened in real life, but I would imagine that's how she felt. Well, and I also just feel like that's, I think that that's very true. And I also think that, I don't know, maybe, like, maybe she felt like April felt like it's like, well, if Caitlin has this baby, it would kind of anchor Caitlin to April more Mm. so she wouldn't strike out. I don't know if that's too dark, but it's like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about, like, the Greek myth of, like, whoever killing your father or whatever. But it's like a thing where it's like, Caitlin was with Tyler, and Tyler's, like, very clear that he doesn't want to, like, live like that. And he doesn't want to grow up to be, like his parents are like his dad in April, but it's like, Oh, if there's this baby, like Caitlin won't leave. Totally. And also you know? it's like, Kate is saying, she, I wonder if April, this is projecting a lot onto April. I realize this, but I wonder if April is feeling like she thinks she's better than me and I'm yeah. not good enough. I think that there is some of that because also when you look at their relationship between April and Caitlin, especially in like the 16 and pregnant episode in the first season of teen mom, April really does treat her like a friend. Like Mm -hmm. she like tries to be a mother, but it's like the way she gets mad at her. It's she acts like they're the same age. And sometimes it's like, she's being younger. Sometimes she expects like Kate to like act like she's her age. And it's weird. And there's a friend dynamic and it's so crazy because Caitlin is like doing everything in her power to make it, a mother-daughter dynamic, it seems like. I I completely agree, and I think that's so true. And Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, what, I think April views getting rid of the baby as, like, a direct rejection of her and her life. Yeah. And it's like, so what you're saying is, and I mean, they literally say it, like, this is not, and Butch and Tyler get into a fight with basically these exact words, but April's like, so I'm not good enough. Like, in this life that I've given you isn't good enough. And I'm sure April fucking knows that. Because she's not an idiot. And she can look around and see that she's a drug addict and her husband is a drug addict. And Kate's had a really fucking hard life. But the fact is, like, to actually, like, have your child, like, verbalizing that and, like, putting into action, like, that her life is not good enough. Like, I'm sure that hurts. Or, and also, and just, like, just being, like, I am not going to be you when I grow up. I have no interest in that. Yeah. But also, I, when I was pregnant, I didn't, like, tell anyone about it. Mm. And I was just, like, I'm just going to deal with this. It was very dark. But also, because, like, when I imagine telling my own mom, mm-hmm. I feel like she wouldn't have been supportive. Like, she wouldn't have wanted me, wanted me to, like, keep it instead or anything. But I just felt like she would think I, like, couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And the more I've thought about it. I feel like parents who are doubtful of their kid giving up their own kid for adoption seems more normal than people who are like, yeah, do this. I And I know that that's weird and dark, but I don't know. That's a really good point because Farrah's mom was really pushing her into giving up yeah. the kid. And, and it was weird. And I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, it's weird when it happens like that. And it's like, to me, it'd even be weird if Farrah had been like, come to her and been like oh I choose adoption and you know like Deborah probably would have gotten all on it because it's like because then also I think that kind of behavior it's like you're not dealing with the real issue at hand and you're not recognizing what a big deal this is going to be Mm -hmm. you're cleaning up a mess Mm -hmm. 
I think that's a really you know? good point. I think that's a really good point that it it is. I don't think April handled it well, and I think she should have kept that to herself and been very supportive yeah. of Caitlin and encouraging. But I, I totally get what you're saying that it's like. I think I, I don't think she handled it well either. But yeah, I just... and I do think like she genuinely like knew how hard it would be, and I think she yeah. maybe thought Caitlin wasn't wasn't taking it seriously. I think that she did too, because it's like that was almost one of the fears I felt in telling anyone because I was just like I was set in my choice. I was like, this is just what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. But I knew that if other people like would be like, oh, you're not going to be able to do it. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, seeds of doubt like that make, it was hard as fuck anyway, but seeds of doubt make things more difficult, I guess. So when did you tell people what your choice was going to be? Um, I didn't tell anyone until after it happened. And I like, I like went to the hospital by myself. I drove myself there. I like did the whole thing. And then I like kind of like panicked and I got home and my, which is where I am from, but I live in a small town, like an hour away. Mm-hmm. And so I got home and my brother was at my parents' house and I just like, couldn't like not say anything. So I just said anything. He was very shocked. Did they not know <laughs> you were pregnant at all? No. So. That's crazy. I, I was keeping a very low profile and like none of my friends knew it was two days before my birthday too. And I hadn't seen my friends in a while, but I was just like, Oh, I've been busy. You've been busy. And then I just, mm-hmm. I showed up to pick one of them up to go to a bar and I was just like, and she has a daughter of her own. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I have something crazy to tell you. And she was just kind of like, no shit. Like <laughs> what? So that is, that's crazy. Which is like, which is a weird thing to do when I get that, but I was just like, I just couldn't have anyone else's doubt. I yeah. don't know. I, I mean, I think after watching this episode and what Caitlin goes through and, like, her friends. Okay, so this is kind of, like, in this area where we are. And, like, yeah. when her friend was, when Caitlin was, well, Kate was like, I don't want to hold the baby. Which I think I can understand, yeah. and I'm glad that she ended up holding the baby. But when her friend yeah. was like, well, I'm going to hold the baby. Actually, she said. That's. I have it written down. Uh, I'm going to, it's something about her pussy. She's like, I'm going to hold the thing that comes out of your pussy. Uh, yeah. And I was like, like, well, maybe you should be supportive of your friend and say, I understand if you don't want to hold the baby, I think you might regret yeah. it. But she was like, no, well, I'm going to hold it. And all their friends were like, yeah. we want to hold the baby. And I was, so I can kind of understand maybe why you didn't want to tell anybody for that yeah. type of situation. Yeah, exactly. And also I just, I don't know. I just, and then also it got so far into it. I got so far into it and I was like, well, I've really resigned myself to this now because it's like, what am I going to eat? Once it was like too far, I was like, I can't tell anyone now because at this point it's just absurd. And like eventually, and eventually I just knew I was like, eventually this whole thing is going to happen. I'm just going to deal with it when it comes. But in the meantime, do you, are you glad that you did? Like, do you regret not telling anybody? I kind of, I, it's, Everything that happened is good because, like, the child is now able to have a relationship with his father and, like, I don't know, my parents are able to be involved and the women that are his mothers are so kind. And, um, but sometimes it's, like, I almost feel like it's, like, my biggest regret was telling people, but I know that that's selfish. Like, it's based in a very selfish place like the better choice even though it's after i'm glad i didn't tell people while i was pregnant mm-hmm. like afterwards i was like well things wouldn't be so dramatic and yeah like, and if, i feel if like i didn't tell anyone i could compartmentalize it and pretend like it never yeah abso- absolutely i could compartmentalize the hell out of it so but it's better this way i don't know yeah i but i am glad i don't know i don't think i could have I don't think I could have done it. I think to, like, be, like, pregnant and be open about it and tell everyone that you're going to, like, give the baby away, I think that would be much more difficult. And I think also it's hard for people around you. And I know they don't necessarily matter, but, like, even now I've been in that position. But if I met someone who was going to make the choice I was going to make, I wouldn't know how to support them. But I would understand that it's like you came to this choice because you feel confident that this is what you want to do for whatever reason. And that's how I felt. Yeah, I think if somebody, if I like, 
saw someone who was pregnant and we were talking about it and I said, when are you due? And then they said, well, I'm giving the baby up for adoption. Like, I, like if I'm being honest, I do not know how I would react to that. Yeah. And it's like, I guess all you can do is like be supportive. There's because the hard part, if you're like set in your choice, you know what you're going to do. And I guess the hard part is after that's when you need everyone. Mm-hmm. But there's no, that's why it's, People play devil's advocate because they think it's helpful, and I'm not saying that it's not, and their reason for doing it comes from a good place. But at the same time, that it's not helpful because, I don't know. Because I just don't know. I, I feel like you don't come to that decision lightly, or at least I didn't. And I just knew that I was going to do this, and I couldn't explain why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes know. total sense. I want to talk about, so when they go to Bethany Christian Services... And they talk about uh, what the adoption. And Dawn, the counselor, who's still on Teen Mom to this day, says, this is going to look and feel how you want it to, which I think is a huge promise to make. That's a huge promise to make, and it's kind of bullshit. The place I went through, I didn't do any prep beforehand. I, like, was very irresponsible. (laughs) I just, like went when it happened and then I like told everyone at the hospital what I wanted to do and then when I woke up there was someone there but I and I like when I go to their offices sometimes I'd see people planning beforehand Mm -hmm. and it seems like very nerve-wracking to me and I feel like participating in it for me personally if I participated in it that way it makes you feel more like a host which you already feel like anyway Mm. or like you're doing a service I feel like you know because mm-hmm. then also it's like there's birth parents being like, well, where will we, where do you want us to be? And you know, they have a place where they want themselves to be. And yeah, I just, and it's like, even though you're giving them the baby, it's like, I made it. Like, I didn't do this for you. I'm giving this to you. Yeah, that's interesting. It's hard because I feel like Dawn should have kind of laid out like, you know, you can tell us what you want. And we'll present it to the to the prospective adoptive parents. We'll pick the parent that has like the the plan that aligns most with yours. But you need to understand that like you're giving up your parental they, rights. Yeah, I think I think she explained it badly. And also, it's like Bethany Christian Services. They do big sales like that because I spend a lot of time on the Reddit adoption boards, and you just like hear kind of shit like this a lot Mm -hmm. but they do big sales like that and like um when like you go through a company there are like two major companies in the whole united states that are like the best for like actual open adoption Mm -hmm. and when you go through places like them they do vet it very carefully because they ask both sides what they want and it's like if the like birth parents say like we want to really like be able to be a part of this kid's life and like we want it to be one big family mm-hmm. then they're not going to sell it to a people who are like we want them to visit twice a year yeah that's just their job is to make a match and like people there's a thought where it's like adoptive parents don't want a like overzealous or like under enthusiastic birth parent in terms of what they dreamed of mm-hmm. and a birth parent doesn't want to give their kid up to someone who doesn't necessarily like value, what I don't know, the want. same things. Yeah. And I know that that's not the birth parent's right, but if you're trying to say like, we're going to create like a situation where it's like, there's a mutual respect and like ideal like situation. I don't know. It's very weird and foolish to me yeah i think it's crazy because it's like all of the studies say open adoption is like what i mean there's a reason open adoption exists because all the studies have said like this is what is best for everybody involved but legally it's never gonna be there's never gonna be a birth parent right because of legal issues so it has to all be on trust you can sign as many contracts as you want but they're not legally enforceable because the fact is the yeah. birth parent owns, has no rights. And also, I think, you know, telling these kids that the adoption will look and feel how they want it to is just so wrong because it, you know, they can match as close to perfect as they want, but people change their minds and people are human. Yeah. And I don't think Bethany Christian Services 
set Tyler and Caitlin up to know that appropriately. Yeah. Well, Nick didn't set them up for success because I know it's, it's all very different, but this is the one thing I do know just because I've like, I've seen the major discrepancies with like places like the place I went through versus the place where they went through. Mm -hmm. And I knew I, there was my understanding in my head is pragmatically I knew like it's like they want something from me and like the other people involved are paying them Mm -hmm. but at the same time they were I felt like very much like they were like trying to protect my rights and it's like these things seem to never be explained to Tyler and Caitlin because like I know for me I like am guaranteed a certain amount of visits a year and if there's anything less like or if like parents decide like they don't want to do it anymore we have to go to mediation mm-hmm. and then we'd actually have to like legally break the contract but my understanding and I don't know if it's like this for Caitlin and Tyler my understanding is that Bethany Christian Services doesn't protect like the birth parents in the same way and a lot of times people are just able to walk away from their contract mm-hmm. so it's a things where it's like the adoptive parents do visits for the first three years and then all of a sudden kind of disappear Mm -hmm. and there's no follow through yeah and I think if I wonder if Caitlin and Tyler would have went through with it if they were fully explained like that yeah that the terms could change I think they went home after that meeting and were like I mean they literally said maybe she'll come live with us when she turns 18 Maybe when she gets yeah. older, she'll spend summers here. And when I hear that, I'm like, is this them just, like, fantasizing? Or is this Bethany Christian Services not fully explaining to them what to expect? Um. Well, also, it's I think it's Bethany Christian Services not, like, fully explaining them what to expect. And I also really think it's, like, they're not necessarily protecting them, like, from... Like, I understand them again. It's like birth parents aren't necessarily the clients in the situation, mm-hmm. but they're not protecting them. And they're also 16. So it's like when I went through everything and I was like looking at the contract, there was like a lawyer that went over it with all of us. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a copy of this and I'm going to like have it read by a third party, not because I don't trust you, but just because mm-hmm. I have been raised. Because by... you're not 16 with drug addict parents. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not 16. I've just been, like, raised by someone who worked in the legal system. That's... And it's like, if someone hands you a contract, like, get a, get a second opinion. If you go to the doctor, get a second opinion. Like, totally. And know. that's funny because I wrote down in my thing. So they're looking through, like, they give them these books to look through. And we see Brandon and Teresa's. And they're like, he looks so dorky. And they're like, what's a financial planner? And I was like, I wonder if these kids know a single... I'm using air quotes, but, like, professional person. Um, wait one sec. Sorry, I just got distracted. Can you repeat that? I'm I so said, sorry. It's fine. So they're looking through, um, the like, the book, you know, Brandon and Teresa's. Yeah. And they're like, what's a financial planner? Like, look at this house. And I'm like, I wonder if they know a single professional person. You know, someone that puts That's on a suit and tie. Me. Yeah. And I don't See, think they do. Like, and I don't mean that as a knock, but it's like, how can a kid that doesn't even know what a financial planner is, that probably doesn't know a single person that puts on a suit and tie, go into Bethany Christian Service Services and advocate correctly for what is they're entitled to? Yeah. It's like, I just don't think, they couldn't advocate for their own needs. And Bethany Christian Services, if they can get away with, like, with having someone that isn't going to notice it, they generally do. And I know that that's like kind of a slam, but that's just like my perception of it, like out of everything I've heard. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the same things too. There are reviews online, like people call them baby brokers. They don't yeah. have a good reputation. Yeah. Well, and also it's just like, and I think that they knew that, like, it's like Tyler and Caitlin were kind of like their perfect mark be honest totally 16 year olds from poor families that won't ask questions and also it's like their parents weren't there with them or like anything like that yeah I think Kim drove them to the appointment but I don't know like she wasn't in the room yeah like yeah these these are complete kids whose 
Like, they know Caitlyn's mom is a drug addict. They know Tyler's mom is a drug addict. And it's like, even like Kim could, it's like, you could have respected their wishes, but also recognize that they're entering a legal contract right now. And like, someone should like, at least be there to read it for them or something, you know? And I'm not even saying a lawyer. I'm just saying like an adult. (laughs) Yeah. You know? An adult. adult. Um, I thought, I found them going through the, their book like it was just so sad because it was like how could they not pick Brandon and Teresa you know what I mean like yeah how could they not pick them like they're a nice Christian family Teresa's gonna be a stay-at-home mom they, they have a beautiful like four-bedroom McMansion uh yeah like how Teresa's water skiing and running and it's just how could the I think I, I do think they made a good choice. And I think Brandon and think, Teresa were a good choice. I just, it it's like, how could you not go with them when you were Tyler them. and Caitlin? Yeah. Well, and also it's like, that's a very Tyler and Caitlin choice. Because also just like speaking on that book, it's very stressful to look through it. And it's also, I was on a very limited amount of time. It's stressful to look through. And it's like, I want to say it's like nice because it's like, everyone's nice, but it's like, overwhelming because people are really trying to sell themselves to you and it's like i'm sure all of you are wonderful people i'm positive of it because you probably wouldn't have made it through the vetting process if you weren't but it's just like it's like i just want someone who tried to keep this as real as possible Mm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah like you know Teresa spent like weeks like making that scrap yeah yeah exactly but also i feel like they were like like you were saying like it's like drawn to like Brandon and Teresa because it's like I would have found like imagining their book ad to me I probably would have found it off-putting mm-hmm. because I'd be like this is this is too perfect like mm-hmm. I see what you're up to but um I could see how like coming from like a broken home it's like yes this is everything we didn't have yes exactly exactly and they're not old enough to be discerning about people. And I think they looked at, like I said, I think Brandon and Teresa, from what we know, are wonderful, lovely people. And so this isn't no, necessarily... No, I think they're wonderful and lovely people. This isn't a judgment on them. It's a judgment on the process. And like a weird, oh, like absolutely. how I felt watching it was like, I wrote down, Brandon and Teresa's life is just so different from anything they know. Yeah. And it's just, and it's everything like, like it just seems so perfect. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, like, something you daydream about. Yeah, where the like, two of us... had a terrible life. Like, totally. oh, what if I lived in the suburbs and my parents were married and everything was normal and it would be great and fine. Exactly. And me, who came from a house that looked like Brandon and Teresa's, and my dad is literally a financial planner. Um, yeah. Like, I'd be like, hmm, this seems, like, really perfect. Like, I know they're just trying to sell themselves. Like, hmm, weird. But they're young and naive and immature and not worldly, I guess, is a word to use. Yeah. Enough to be like, hmm, maybe we should, like, look around. But I I think they got, I don't know if lucky is the right word to use I think they got lucky. And, yeah, I think they definitely got lucky. And I mean, just in contrast, like, the next scene is like Butch and Tyler screaming at each other, and yeah. Butch like t- calling him a piece of shit for giving up his kid, and being like, "Why don't you think this is good enough? Why don't you think this is good enough? All your kids need is love." And Tyler's like, "No, I I need my kid needs a role model." And Butch is like, "I was your role model." And Tyler's like, "You were in fucking prison." And it's like, of course he wants them to go to Brandon and Teresa. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Obviously, it's like that. And I feel like it's like you can, watching that scene, you can tell it's like that the baby is just like, like they're fighting about like Tyler. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, obviously, it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily subtext, but it's like everything he's saying where it's like, all you need is love. It's like they really are trying to make it about like this choice. Totally. But it doesn't have to do with the baby at all. I mean, no, I don't think anything that April and Butch felt had to actually do with the baby. For Butch, I think it was totally, like, I think Butch is just the type of person where, like he said, like, you take care of your own mistakes, uh, which is what this was. This pregnancy was a mistake. You own up to it. He doesn't doesn't believe in giving it away or giving up, which is, like, LOL, because, like, you're a drug addict that's in prison. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, also with Butch, too, I think it really affected him and he got so mad because um, I think that he's more self-aware than people realize, and oh. I think he gets really down on himself, but he's so deep in it that he's just like, fuck it, I don't care about anything anymore. I think that's because totally he's true. so bummed out on himself, and he's like, I can't fix this. I think that's totally true, and I think also, like, we have to remember, like, Butch and April were high during this episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. They were smoking meth, Um. Yeah. So, like, it's not like they're coming from a total rational place. Oh, absolutely not. And I really, you know, they're selfish and they have the narcissism and they're drug addicts. And, like, I know, like, when I was deep in my addiction, like, everything was a personal slight to me. Like, anything that, like, well, first of all, the universe, like, not only did I think the universe revolved around me, like, I knew the universe revolved around me. Like, I was 100% sure of it. Like, the sun, like, set and uh, rose and set with me. Nothing else mattered. I was the only thing that mattered. So anything that happened on this earth was, like, because or for me. And yeah. I would imagine Butch felt quite similarly. Yeah. But then also there is the interesting theory where it's, like, even though it's, like, that is a mark of addiction, like, Tyler, it's, like, the way he was behaving, like, was because of Butch. It wasn't, like, for Butch. But you know what I mean? So it's like Butch was so mad that Tyler and Caitlin were going to make this choice. But it's like the reason they were making the choice was because of, like, the situation that Butch had created. Totally. So it's like you you built this world that revolves around you. Yeah, but Butch and is like, so fucked up he can't even see that. He can't even comprehend that. I think you're absolutely right. It's so funny because it's like then it's like narcissism to this, like, crazy level. Yeah. But you can't see your own destruction in it. You can't see your own destruction and you're getting so mad and it's like, but it's like deep down within you, like there's the reason you're getting mad is because you know it's your fault. Yeah. And I think that's why like April, like she did have, I was actually surprised at how not mean April was when I rewatched this. Um, She had the one scene where she called April a bitch and she wasn't supportive, but she was just so sad and like she was so sad. She had remorse. Yeah, and you could really tell that, like, she just saw it as a rejection, and Butch obviously felt the same way, but his response is to scream and yell and act out, and April's Mm -hmm. was to just, like, cry and pout and do things like bring home a bassinet, which is, like, fucked up. Like, that, that, like, took me to the core, that bassinet that sat in Caitlin's room. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's so dark and it's like it's manipulative but it's not even clever so it's just super mean yeah. you know yeah it's like, not subtle it's not subtle at all to bring it's home a not bassinet. subtle <laughs> yeah um and like i kept thinking okay so there's this one scene where they have caitlin in her room and she's like i don't know if i'll be able to do this and like they have her put this like stuffed animal in the bassinet and i just like imagine the film guy like they're in her room they're like we need to get some scenes of you looking sad around this bassinet. Like, pick it up. Like, walk around. Like, we'll play sad music. Like, I just feel like it was so unnatural, and it's so weird because they're yeah. asking this 16-year-old girl who's agreed to come on this show, who's giving her baby up for adoption, to, like, create sad moments, like, reflecting yeah. on giving her baby up for adoption, and her mom doesn't want her to. Like, that scene was so... It was just so weird and dark so, to It's, me. like, weird and backwards. And also, it's, like, I don't know, like, the the forced sadness, I would have just been pissed. I would have just, I would have, I would have freaked out. <laughs> if I were Caitlin, I, like, really would have, like, lost it, I think. Yeah. But, throughout this whole thing, I think Caitlin, um, this reminded me, okay, so I was actually really glad I watched this because I've been, like, thinking for the last, like, season or two, like, is Caitlyn just numbing out her feelings smoking pot? Like, is she just so depressed? But, like, you can see that this goes back where Caitlyn is just, like, seems, like, numb to it all and has no real responses. And, like, you know she's upset, but, like, throughout this whole thing, like, yeah, her words are saying she's upset, but, like, her affect does not show it at all. Yeah, she's, like, very, like, numb to it. Like, she she thinks she's upset because she knows she's supposed to, but it hasn't really hit her yet. Totally. I and think that, I, I think like it's a, a child. lack of understanding. I think she yeah. probably learned that really early on. Like, 
to just shut down and to not feel. Just keep marching forward. Yeah. And I was surprised, like, and it's clear that Tyler, who never learned that because, you know, Tyler had an unstable upbringing, but I, like, because of his dad, but for the most part lived with his single mom, who's a good mom. They had a house. They weren't moving. You know what I mean? Like, she was supportive. Mm -hmm. She was stable. And you can see that Tyler is spinning, like, way more out of control than Caitlin is. Um, Yeah, even though he's the one that's like, and this is the whole time. It's very, it's really sad to me. Um, watching like how Tyler is like a hundred percent on board with giving up the baby and Caitlin's not. And yeah. you kind of know she mostly, <laughs> I don't know. Is this fair to say? Maybe not, but that's why I have a podcast where I can say it that <laughs> really she's like giving up the baby because Tyler wants to. Like, yeah. Well, and I feel like, that probably, like, it's like when you look back at this episode, their relationship dynamic is different because it's like Tyler's out of control and he's feeling all the emotions and he's calling the fucking shots. And then mm-hmm. as Teen Mom progresses, I feel like, and Caitlin starts, like, actually, like, succumbing to, like, her own sadness, it kind of flips around. Yeah. And she's not being as aggressive as Tyler, but she is calling the shots, like, I'm going to rehab. Sure. I want to get a horse. That's and true. I think it probably has to do with the fact that he feels guilt or, like, there is an awareness between the both of them. Maybe they've even argued about it, but they weren't necessarily on the same page, and they both if ta- knew if, it. If Caitlin had had a different boyfriend, she would have kept that baby. Yeah. But Tyler, for Caitlin, has always been her one out. Tyler's yeah. always been the one thing that was there for her. Tyler's always been the thing that gives her comfort. Tyler has always been, like, the escape from her mom, escape from her mm-hmm. shitty life, escape from her low body image, you know, like, escape from her low self-esteem. That's always been through Tyler since she was 13 years old. And I truly yeah. think that Caitlyn gave that baby away. I mean, I think logically in her head, she knew giving the baby away was correct, right? Like, Tyler didn't force mm-hmm. her. It wasn't about a force. Yeah. But I think Caitlyn inherently understood that she needed to do what Tyler wanted to do to keep Tyler. And yeah. that was more important. And I think, thank God. And I that also think happened. that Tyler had an upper hand in the sense where it's like, Tyler had Kim, you yes. know? So it's like, if Tyler had been on board with the baby, maybe they could have like utilized Kim to like try and create a better situation for the baby. Mm-hmm. But if he wasn't on board, it would have been Caitlin and Butch in April. A and he wouldn't have played yes. that card. So it's like he, when they like talked about it, he could have just been like, well, my mom isn't going to do it because he decided that he isn't going to let his mom do it. He doesn't want it. I I think it's it's like when he gets, it's like when he gets April to her or Kim to tell April that she has to move out. Yeah. You mean to tell Caitlin that she has to move out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because Caitlin, when they're living together, Kim has wanted Tyler and Caitlin to break up probably since I bet since Butch and April got together, she was like, you two need to break up. This is weird. Yeah. She, like, it's weird. Kim has always seen them for the codependent trauma bonded mess that they are. She's always yeah. seen that Caitlyn is a hundred percent hitched her wagon onto Tyler and that Tyler doesn't want to be with her. That has been true since probably season one, right? Like, yeah, it's since after a baby, but she knows and Tyler knows, well, she knows that Tyler believes that he cannot leave her because of yeah. the fact that she gave up the baby for him essentially. Well, also, I think for them that have been dating since junior high school underlines, like, a very, like, clear lack of self-awareness because when I, because it's like, oh, I'm still in love with the person that I was in love with in seventh grade, and, like, they still love me, and it's like, I can't even hang out with people I knew in seventh grade because I was the fucking worst. So it's like, I just feel like it underscores a lack of self-awareness where it's like, ooh, like... Yeah, and also, you know. there's a big thing. I I remember Tyler saying this when OG came fast, first came back on, and they were talking to the cameras. And he goes, well, we're the only couple that's still together, you know? Like, yeah. they pride themselves on being the one team mom couple that made the right choice by giving the baby up for adoption. Yeah. And as a result, they've gotten to stay together. Yeah, and and also, which is, like, dark. And it's also, I don't know... You mentioned once, I think, in, like, a comment about how part of their problem or 
why they seem to be struggling now is because they were praised so much when they were younger. It's like, yeah, you completed the test. You passed. You're perfect. So it's like there's so much of that that it's like, yeah, we're fine. We did everything right because we made it over this, like, one mountain. It's like, yeah, let's talk about that. I got some rough news for you. There's there's 70 years of your life left or whatever. Uh I guess, like, 50 that yeah i've i've really been thinking about this a lot lately so especially rewatching a lot of these earlier episodes of 16 and pregnant so mm-hmm. they're the last episode to come on people like the show they're watching these teen parents be like complete disasters right yeah. the last yeah. episode is caitlin and tyler who have by far the worst home life the situation. worst oh yeah it's and, like they're set up to fail yeah they make this beautiful incredible mature decision even though their parents do not support them and verbally go against what they want. They came off so, especially like not knowing anything else about them, but watching this episode, they come off so mature and rational and responsible. And you're just like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe that these 16 year olds from this situation were able to make such an incredible choice for their future. Wow. So Jezebel, the website raised like a shit ton of money for them for a college education um, who knows where that went to? I mean, it was always yeah. like on the web, you know, it was always like, we're not sure if they'll go to college, but like, we want to raise money for them. Cause we're like, so proud of them. You know, like they have been applauded yeah. for this decision for so long. And because of that, people have acted like they are so fucking mature, but here's or, the like, thing. They haven't had to grow, but even when they were younger, they were applauded for it in a way where it's like, you've done it. Like you have it all figured out. There's nothing left for you to learn. But yeah. I feel like it's like, that was what was projected onto them. They made one like, mature like, decision. It was a big one. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It was a big one. But it but was they just made one. 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 That's it. And like, can you keep doing it for the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you would think that they, like, they made one great mature decision and have been, like, held up as, like, the most mature people in the world. And it's like, no, they're still fucked up kids from fucked up families. They have no education. And people get so angry about what they see as a perceived failure now, right? Because they really haven't yeah. gone on to do that much. They finished high school but didn't go to college. They haven't worked any sort of career. They... I, they haven't done that. Kaylin much. bought that pig. Kaylin bought that pig, and Tyler said, "Don't do it." Yes. And she like went behind his back and did it anyway, and then just panicked and was like, "I can't have it anymore." And it was like one day. It was literally one day. And then literally went like, to rehab like forty eight hours later. Yeah, like that's insane. That's that's so immature. That's like the least mature shit I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. So I think people have been so fucking let down by them and I was too for a little while until I had like this realization where I was like why am I being let down by two 16 year olds that were mostly raised by junkies yeah and also just like that like I don't know they I don't know how to say it well they I become never the, mind the, I lost they became so not only are they two kids from bad home situations it's like one Every 16-year-old says they want to go to college, but not every 16-year-old finishes. And those are 16-year-olds without trauma. You know what I mean? To like, yeah, absolutely. College was probably never really that realistic for them. Three, like, the fact is they then become this weird public face of adoption, which you and I yeah. talked about in messages. And, like, I definitely want to hit on this weird – and by the way, guys, listening, like, I know we're not really going scene for scene, but this episode – it's just, there's just so much more to talk about. With there's a lot Tyler. to unpack. Yeah. There's and a lot to unpack. I think it's way more interesting to kind of talk about Caitlin and Tyler as a whole than it is to go scene by scene in this episode that aired 10 yeah. years ago. So, yeah. isn't it crazy it aired, oh, I think, nine years ago, which is, like, insane. Where the fuck is my life gone? Um, oh, shit. I know. So, the like, they become this, like, public face of adoption. And... Mm-hmm. They, I mean, every day, every time they film, they have to talk about Carly. I feel like that would be traumatic. Even if they didn't have to, like, even without the filming, just, like, speaking at events like that, I would find it traumatic. Well, I watched the episode where she goes on the birth bomb tree and it's like, I've been invited on those. And it's like, I don't, I don't do well with, like, weird like emotional shit like that but it's like being there would literally make me want to die <laughs> I'm like, i know that's terrible and melodramatic but it's just like i can't do it or like my company called and they were like oh there's a little powwow there's like a retreat but it's just a one day like conference 
do you want to speak at it on our behalf? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I do think it's good for some people. Those, you know, like the birth mom retreats. It is good for some people. But you guys, Some people are like that. They had to, they, first of all, uh, like, thumbs down to them. They not only become the public face of adoption, they become, like, this face of the pro-life movement and the pro-life movement like latches onto them and they start giving these adoption speeches. I don't know if you guys know about this, but they give these adoption speeches uh, that are anti-abortion and anti-choice. And they like are very, very staunchly anti-choice. It's not great. It's not great. Especially considering what they went through, you would think that they would understand choices seeing that and it's like like when I was asked to speak it's like I know they would have let me say kind of whatever I wanted but I also because they always ask me it's like oh would you like to do a testimonial and then we can like put it on our site and it's like no not really because it's like I know what you want me to say and just me as a person and especially with trauma it's like you cannot like they have an expectation they can just not use anything mm-hmm. but it's like I don't I don't want to go and speak my truth and disappoint you and I could mm-hmm. go and speak your truth and then get validation, which would be easier. And I feel like Caitlin and Tyler did get pigeonholed into that Girl. because it was a way to like maintain their success and they're like continuing to make the right choices, you know? I wish you could see the so face like, that I'm making right now because I'm like, so yes, like, that's exactly so it's like it. They were probably sad, but it's like, look at all these people cheering them on and, you know, shit like that. Like, yeah. How could Kate get on there and say, I wish I got an abortion so I didn't have to deal with this? She couldn't yeah. have. She would have been the devil, a nightmare. And yeah. those might not be her. I'm not, like, saying that that's what Kate feels. But the fact is, like, for so many years, and Tyler is talking about it a little more now. Um, not, mm-hmm. in my opinion, maybe the best way. But he is talking about it. But for so long, they, like, they, I mean, imagine, like, if I came to your house, like, you know, every other week for six months and just forced you to talk about giving your child up for adoption. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. Not even on TV. Not even on TV. Just like came to your house and forced you to talk about it with me. Literally, it's like I on Fridays, I always go to one of my friend's house and it's like we just like kind of like relax and drink and like watch Jersey Shore, chill things. But it's like for a while, it was like that. And they'd be like, oh, how's the baby? And it's like, I can't. We can't do this anymore, guys. Like, I'll tell you about it when I feel like talking about it. But like. And that's just, like, my two best friends, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, not MTV. So, not just like, oh, yeah, camera crew, come in my house, mic me up, like, provoke me. But I think that they could replace a lot of their sadness, too, or offset it again with, like, validation from speaking. Because then it's like, they could convince themselves, or it's like, all these people are, like, cheering us on for what we're saying. So, it's like, it validates their choice. That's true. Which makes it harder to be sad about rationally, especially if you're someone, like, Caitlin, who like obviously has the ability to just kind of bulldoze past things and be like this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. until it catches up with her and she has to go to rehab absolutely yeah and like they just have i mean i would imagine they have never been able to like put a band-aid on the wound and like let it heal it's like an open yeah. sore that they literally pour salt into but i think they also do it to themselves because it goes beyond mtv it goes to them having like do you remember the blanket they had on their bed that had the huge picture of Carly on it in maybe season two or season three? Super weird. Super weird. The Carly blanket, like the infamous iconic Carly blanket that like, I don't know if you guys at home know about this, but in season two or three, they had like one of those blankets where you like print a picture onto it and it just had a, it was this, it was Carly's face and it was on like their king size bed. That's how big it was. And they have... They talk about her all the time, like beyond the MTV stuff, like earlier when they would post stuff online, I think in a way because of MTV, I think that they never learned how to move on either beyond just like MTV asking them because they were never forced to move on. They were never forced to move on. And also it's like, I don't know now for whatever reason, they're trauma bonded too. Yeah. So I think it's like if they are together and they're bored, they will just like, or salt in their own wound because it probably helps like improve their relationship to like commiserate together like that, that. It reminds me that's so true one time my friend's brothers t- 
tore his ACL and he couldn't play soccer and he played at the collegiate level. And one day he just got super high on painkillers and unwrapped his whole knee and like poked his wound. Oh, his like surgical wound. Ugh. And it, that is like really what it reminds me of. <laughs> I know that's dark. No, no, no. I it, and you know what? I just had you saying that. Like I, I talk about trauma bonded all the time. Which, in case anybody doesn't know what we mean by that, we mean that they had a traumatic event that brought them together, and since then they've developed this codependent relationship around that yeah. traumatic event. And they prevent it, one another from moving on. Because here's the thing, if Kate and Tyler both independently move on and get healthy, do they still have a relationship? I don't think They would so. never. Well, it's like, the dynamics of their relationship, too, especially, like, with this whole concept coming into play, like, them, like, being bonded over this trauma and, like, definitely using it like it's like they they use it to like upset each other and then they're close again and that's the same thing as like when you have a boyfriend and you like met because you guys like do drugs together and then you try and pretend that you actually like each other but it's like the same night you're in your pattern yeah you're like you have your ritual yeah no like, you're totally, gonna get high it totally is i don't see a future where caitlin and tyler are in truly healthy places and they're together Hey guys, to hear the extended version of this episode, which includes the rest of my talk with Natalie, come on over to patreon.com slash emotionally broken psychos. Hope you enjoyed this week. Love you guys. See you next week. I'll be back with a recap. Kisses. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an emotionally broken psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.